0: Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Pastor Andreas Albus, and today I have a guest with me, Pastor Roland Johannes. Um, you're actually the first guest i ever had, I've had on my podcast, and happy to have you.
1: Thank you very much, Andreas. Um, it's a big honor to be here, and also sitting here in my old office. It brings back good memories. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this very much.
0: Thanks. Um, yeah. I'm also looking forward to it. We discussed recently a text from Luke chapter 17, the story about the 10 lepers and the thankful Samaritan. And we thought, hey, why don't we do a podcast about this text? So why don't we just dive right into it? Um, Most of you will know the story as the the story of the 10 lepers or Jesus heals 10 lepers. Others might know it as the thankful Samaritan. These are good and correct headings for the story. Uh, no, no doubt. Um, Jesus does heal the 10 lepers. Uh, the one Samaritan turns around and he gives thanks to the Lord. And these are good things to, to capture from the story. Good, good headings.
1: But indeed, I actually think there's, there's a lot more to the story. That's why we're talking about this. Um, having having preached this sermon a few weeks ago in the context of, of a, a service of thanksgiving for, for rain, it became evident to me that there is so much more to the story than you could ever imagine. Um, and, and so to a certain extent, those headings, Jesus heals 10 lepers or the thankful Samaritan are right, but are correct and accurate. But I would actually say the heading of the story should actually be of this account should actually be. There's more to saying thanks than you may suspect. And I think that's what we're going to try and and, and, uh, extract from this text uh, today.
0: Well, then why don't we go right ahead? Um, Starting with verse 11, if you want to join us, uh, you can read in your Bibles Luke 17, verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he, that is Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and
1: Galilee. Okay, I think it's very important when reading Luke that one takes note of how Luke sets the scene. Now, some of you may be fans of J.R.R. Tolkien, and one, one of the things that makes him so brilliant is how he sets the scene. Um, now, Luke obviously isn't as long-winded as Tolkien. He does it in one or two sentences, but we, we did Acts in Bible study here in the Savior congregation a few years ago. And one of the things that we noticed is that Luke, when he sets the scene, it, it's very important to take note of what he's saying. And he's actually saying Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem. Okay, and and... That's not just a passing comment.
0: Exactly. And it's also not the only comment in this part of Luke. It is uh, so the so-called Luke and travel narrative from verse 9, 51, to, all the way to 19, where Jesus actually arrives in Jerusalem. And we know what he will do there. But uh, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus um, always wanders or journeys, as this, this word can also be translated, to Jerusalem. And he passes through towns and he picks up people with him and it that they join him on on the way to Jerusalem
1: exactly maybe this is the point to already uh, touch on that topic which is going to be uh, very important at the end of this text is that Jesus is inviting people to join him on this journey not to glory but actually to to Jerusalem where he will die on the cross so he's he's actually inviting people to enjoy uh, to to join him through the path of suffering and pain um and that's important to, to to take note of. So Luke starts this on the way to Jerusalem. In other words, on the way to the cross. Yes, Jesus is passing along between Samaria and Galilee.
0: Exactly. Samaria and Galilee, two areas north of Judah. Um, so he's not quite at Jerusalem yet, but he's on the way there. And he is, one could translate, going along between Samaria and Galilee or through the area that, through the border there.
1: Yeah, there's obviously a bit of... Uh, different opinions there what exactly is meant by this. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is he's he's passing from the north down towards Jerusalem in a southerly direction. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting also as he carries on now that he doesn't specify
0: where he is. Also the the village itself, uh, as we read further in verse 12, uh, Luke doesn't specify. We read verse 12, and as he entered a village, uh, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance.
1: Okay, the lepers are obviously standing at a distance. Because um, leprosy is a highly contagious disease mm-hmm. and um, uh, leper colonies, so to speak, were, were outside of the village, away from 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 the rest of, of, of the people, obviously because of health hazards. Yes. And so they're standing from far. Yes. That's very important to note.
0: So only one of these 10 lepers will later be identified. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, but we already heard that Jesus is passing on between Samaria and Galilee. In Galilee, they were Jewish people. Uh, living. And in Samaria, the Samaritans who were similar to the Jewish people, they only had the first five of the books of the Bible and their holy place, their place of worship was not in Jerusalem, but in Samaria. And so not to delve too deep into this enmity between... Yeah, the, that, would,
1: that would almost to a certain extent uh, yeah. just, just go too far for this. You know, you can't discuss everything in this text in half yes. an hour, but it is important to note yes. that both uh, but and, and the Samaritans. But in their hour of
0: need, in their sickness, these people come together and uh, they, they, they need each other in this time uh, of sickness.
1: Obviously, it becomes important later on that the one who does come back is a Samaritan.
0: So, moving on to verse 13. And the lepers lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us.
1: If you look at the Greek text here, um, there's a word that jumps out at you immediately. He Where do we know that one from?
0: Exactly. Uh, Lord, have mercy. We... Plead every Sunday in our divine That's service. That's right,
1: curiae leison. It's yes. the same, exactly the same word here. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to note that, that uh, the lepers would have heard what Jesus was capable of doing. You remember that this was spoken about. People were talking about what, what this Jesus of Nazareth was doing. Definitely. And so they would have known he, he healed people. And so they, they cry out to him. And what do they cry out? Well, Jesus, Master. Interesting have mercy on us, lays on Exactly. exactly. Um, uh, and that, that's important. It's the same cry that we, that, we, that we pronounce every Sunday when we say, when we recognize the fact that we are unclean sinners and that we require this Jesus of Nazareth to cleanse us from our sin.
0: That also means that we also heard from somebody else about this Jesus and that exactly. we uh, have heard what he can do. And namely, that he does also heal us and he cleanses us. And uh, quite rightly so did this uh, eleison call make it into the divine service.
1: It's interesting to note as well that um, in, in, in the gospel, according to Luke, every time where Luke uses this word epistata, master, it always is in the context of a situation where the speaker knows something about Jesus. But during that account, he realizes there's more to it than he expects. And it's very much, as I said at the beginning, to me, the heading of this this account would be there's more to saying thanks than you might suspect. And these 10, and in fact only one at the end of the day, will realize that there's more to this master than they suspected.
0: Exactly. Moving on then to verse 14. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. We read Jesus saw them. They shouted from a distance. Yeah, it's Luke interesting. Doesn't, he, yeah.
1: does, he doesn't respond when he hears them yeah. even though they were shouting with a with a, a big voice they were they were making a lot of noise. Yeah. Luke says when he saw them yeah. and that's going to become very important uh, later on exactly this aspect of seeing something in this case, when he sees them, he says. Go and show yourselves to the priests. What, what's that all about?
0: The the priests were responsible for declaring unclean people clean again.
1: Yeah, like in this case, lepers who were
0: unclean. Yes, obviously. they were ceremonially unclean. unclean. They were not able to, to partake in temple practices.
1: Exactly. But once they were, they were healed from the disease, yes. um, they could come back and they had to report to the priests who would then declare them clean so that they could once again partake in in the ceremonial uh, celebrations in, at, at the temple. This is, goes back to Levit- Leviticus 13, uh, where, where Moses makes it very clear that that is a requirement. And so Jesus says, well, go, yourself, go show yourselves to the priest. He doesn't say, you are healed. Yeah. And they go by faith, which is yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they go because they know that Jesus can do something. And he yeah. says, we're going to do this. Well, yeah. he did it. And...
0: Uh, the book of Leviticus would have been a common tradition between these Samaritans and That's these Jews. Right. That's right. Um, of course, the Samaritan Pentateuch will have minor differences or I don't know but how many… Generally just, speaking, generally that would speaking. be sort of
1: the same rule of thumb. Would you go show yourself to the priests? Yeah. In this case, then, I suppose the Jews to the Jewish priests?
0: Yeah. We're just we just told by Luke that they went to show themselves to the priests. Exactly. We don't know if they went to their respective temples. That would have been quite a distance to Jerusalem. Yeah, that's Um, true. Or to a local priest, I don't know, at a a synagogue, I'm not sure uh, where exactly they would have gone.
1: Luke Luke doesn't specify this, but what he does specify is is, is that as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. So it's not an act of Jesus saying, be clean, and they are clean. It's actually as they go... So they walk in faith. They say, well, this Jesus of Nazareth, he knows what he's doing. So uh, he says, we're got to go show ourselves to the priests. Well, well, let's do that. And as they go, they are cleansed.
0: Yes. And in verse 15, if we carry on, then one of them, when he saw
1: that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And that's where this, where this element of seeing something becomes important to me. Um, the guy sees that he was healed. Now, if you think of leprosy, and we all have sort of images in our head of what leprosy sh- looks like. It's, it's not quite as as we used to joke as kids, you know, the body parts falling off. <laughs> it's not quite as dramatic at times, but but you would think that, it's, that it would be obvious that they realize that they healed. But Luke makes a point of saying, he sees that he, is, he was healed. Now to me, there's an important aspect here that we need to realize. And that is that if we look forward to chapter 18, uh, Jesus heals the blind man at Jericho. The blind man didn't just, wasn't just able to see because he decided, I want to see. Jesus has to heal him. He has to open his eyes. And now if we, if we, if we look back to this text, do you think this guy was able to see that in the way, in the, in the fullness as Luke reports it here, out of his own will, or was that something that the Holy Spirit did? Definitely the latter. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean all, of them would, all of them would have noticed <laughs> exactly. that they were cleansed exactly. uh, from the illness, at least. Yeah. But this one, he hmm. sees and he turns back. Exactly. And, and, and to me, that's important. And, and also the way we now go about this. That's why I said at the beginning, there's more to saying thanks than you may suspect. Um, and I mentioned this in the sermon the other day. It's a gift to be able to see the gift as a gift. In other words, if we say thanks to God, that is not because of our brilliant ability of seeing these things. Nine out of ten didn't realize this. That's that's the sad reality. Ninety percent didn't realize it. One does. And the fact is he doesn't do it out of his own accord and his own willpower. He does that because his eyes were opened. Hmm. That's quite quite amazing. Really, really incredible. His eyes are opened and he turns around. He turns back. Mm-hmm. Also, an, an element of yeah. repentance, repentance. Yeah. in that, and yeah. he praises God with a loud voice. Exactly. Okay. The other nine, well, they would have they would have realized they healed as well, but this doesn't happen to them. Mm. And so, in in the context, and we're going to talk about it at the end, mm. um, in the context of Christianity these days, mm. there's more to saying thanks. Yes. Then just a quick thank you, or as I said in the sermon, a a sort of like at Facebook, or a, wow, we're so blessed. Thank you very much, God. And then you just carry on with your lives.
0: The the word giving thanks only explicitly comes in the next verse, in verse 16. In this verse, we already heard that they gave, that they praised God with a loud voice. Now, if you think back to the time of Jesus, where would one praise God with a loud voice? Well,
1: in the temple.
0: Exactly. We have... (laughs) In the last verse of, of, of Luke's Gospel, we actually have this stated explicitly that people were, uh, that is where, at the temple is where, where one uh, praises God with a loud voice. But they're
1: not at the temple now. Yes. <laughs> they're elsewhere. <laughs> so really, it, it's a paradigm shift if we can sort of call it that. Yeah. He's actually praising God with a loud voice, not in the temple, but where?
0: Yeah, as we read further, verse 16, "...and he fell on his face at Jesus's feet, giving him thanks."
1: No, he was a Samaritan. Yeah. The nice comment there, he was a Samaritan. Let's just quickly talk about that. It's someone you wouldn't expect this from. The Jews, at least the the ones that were hearing this message at the time, Mm. would not have actually believed that. You know, it's it's like, what? Samaritan? It's like the good Samaritan. The the one who actually gets off his horse and and takes care of of, of the man who is beaten up by the robbers is a Samaritan, someone you wouldn't expect it from. And and that's an important aspect here as well. But we're going to talk about this. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks.
0: Definitely. Just one more quote. Uh, one, one more comment about the Samaritan. We can already see here that the that, that Jesus did not only come for the people of Israel. He came for the whole world. Exactly. The the Samaritans exactly. would have been the. The, the Gentiles for the Jews, they would yeah. have seen them as they were sort of
1: half Jews. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of a nondescript kind of a, kind of a, a status. Yeah. But but generally speaking, you're right. They would yeah. actually be they would actually qualify as Gentiles. Yes, and this already breaks all the norms of the, of the time. Yeah. And he fell on his face at Jesus's feet, giving him thanks. The word that Luke uses here is "I mm. um, And if you look at that in, in, in the context of the Greek text. It's a present participle. Okay, Now, to explain that, a present participle would indicate that this is not a once-off thing, as if he falls down on his face and says, thank you, gets up and carries on with his life. It actually denotes a continual action. So in other words, he is he, giving thanks and he remains in that state of mind. In German, we would say it's a Lebenseinstellung. Yes. In English, you could call that a sort of a, 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 a mindset, yeah. a way of life.
0: So in other words,
1: from this point onwards, mm. his mindset is one of giving mm. thanks. Yeah. It's not a one-time event. Exactly. And uh, that's where it becomes interesting, Andreas. Is, is in, in our day and age, church uh, has to be something that is convenient. It's there when I need it. It's uh, it's very much uh, uh, convenience thing. And um, I will pray to God and when I need him, but uh, when I don't need him, you know, he can sort of just stay out of my way because then yeah. you know, I'm carrying on with my life. This denotes something else. This becomes a part of your life. Not in the sort of sense, in the legalistic sense, like like the Muslims to say you have to pray every three hours. Um, this more in a sense of it remains a part of you for the rest of your life.
0: Definitely. Okay. Can we just look at the other uh, times uh, Luke uses uh, Eucharist, uh, Eucharisteo yeah. in his gospel? Just as a side note, it is always used in conjunction with God. God has always given thanks um, in all the other three times. In this, in this time, it is Jesus, and we'll talk about why oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> Luke <laughs> implying there that Jesus is, is God. God.
0: Yes, the one God. time Luke uses it, he uses it in uh, it's in the word of the Pharisee who stands next to the tax collector and says, I thank God that I'm not like this (laughs) poor tax collector.
1: Interesting, because when we read this text, it's very easy to that we identify ourselves with the one to say, well, we are the ones giving thanks. Mm -hmm. We're not like the nine. But then you look at what this one is actually doing. And as we had just said, that it becomes, he gave thanks like in a permanent kind of state of mind. Um, then we realize that jeepers, that's actually more difficult than we thought it was. Yes. And so we can't say, "Well, thank you that I'm not like the nine. Yes. It, it becomes a, it becomes quite quite a, actually it accuses me of saying jeepers, I'm I'm not like that. <laughs> I, I, I should actually be turning around on a daily basis. I should be repenting on a daily basis, as Luther says. Yeah. you
0: know, like that Pharisee, no, like the tax collector that hits himself on the chest. Exactly. Lord. Exactly. Uh, have, mercy have mercy on me, a
1: poor sinner. Exactly.
0: And the other two times that Luke uses uh, this word to give thanks is obviously in the words of words of institution. Once when he breaks the bread, and once when he uh, when he uh, gives the cup around uh, to the disciples. Yeah, exactly.
1: You might hear that uh giving thanks. The Eucharist. Word, the Eucharist. The, the Greek word for Eucharist. Something we do every Sunday. Is is give thanks and that becomes a, a, a mindset, a yeah. continual thing that we we remain a part of uh, on on a, on a on a weekly basis. Really special, actually, to, yes. to see it in that context.
0: Definitely. Okay, moving on. We'll take verse seventeen and eighteen together here. Then Jesus answered, "Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was not one was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner?" We hear that out of the ten, nine did not return. Only one,
1: and he is labelled a foreigner. Exactly. It's like, how can this be? He's, yeah. he's not even one of us. Yeah. <laughs> but he, And yet he comes. He returns. You know, shocking everyone hearing the story in the, at that time. Yeah. Thinking, you know, we Jews are okay, aren't we? Yeah. What? A foreigner came. But it's very easy to fall into exactly that same pattern as a Christian, isn't it?
0: Definitely. <laughs> and... He returned, and we read again. He he gives praise to God. Now, again, we spoke about this. Where do you give praise to God? Yeah. None of them, even though they all went to the temple or to a priest, or to the priest at least. To the exactly. priest, uh, they it is not said of them that they gave praise to God.
1: Yeah. This one is explicitly mentioned as having given praise to God. The others have gone to the temple to fulfill the law, Leviticus thirteen. Yeah. This one has done more than that. Okay, he's actually praising God. This is actually the purpose of of all of that. And that's once again, once again, there's more to saying thanks than you may suspect.
0: And now last but not least, verse 19. And he said to him, rise and go your
1: way. Your faith has made you well. I think it's interesting to note here that this go your way in the Greek is poroimu, which is in the first verse, proestai, means Jesus is journeying to Jerusalem. It's that word, j- journeying. So a better translation would actually be rise and journey. And immediately there's a connection made to the journey of Jesus to Jerusalem. In other words, he's saying to him, rise and join me on this path to Jerusalem.
0: Exactly. So he, as Jesus came in in the beginning, he we read that he journeys to Jerusalem. And now he picks up another person. Yeah, he picks, but, up,
1: he picks up sinners along the way. Yes. He picks up people he saved and healed and takes them to Jerusalem. And once again, he takes them not to glory, saying, you know, your life's going to be all, all hunky-dory now. He's actually saying, come and join me on this path of, 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 of pain and suffering. Yeah. Uh, but then also resurrection and glory. Um, but, but it is interesting to note that that word is used. And if you look at it in the Greek text, it sort of jumps out at you as a sort of Bracket to this whole text, rise and journey with me, come and follow me. Once again, there's more to saying thanks than you could ever imagine. It's not just about saying thanks. It's about changing your whole way of life and then journeying with Jesus and leaving everything behind. That's what Jesus is implying here. It's very, very, very poignant, very touching.
0: So Jesus has opened up this Samaritan's eyes. He has called him to walk with him and the last thing he says to him, your faith has made you well, we read in the English Standard Version.
1: Yeah, very, very important here. <laughs> Some Bible translations, actually most Bible translations shy away from rendering this, this, this word Zotzein with to save, because that, that's what it actually means. It actually says uh, your faith has saved you, in other words, for eternal life. Um, and the Luther Bible, to, Luther translation, two thousand seventeen, says "Dein Glaube hat dir geholfen." Your faith has helped you. The New International Version, the your standard version, "Your faith has made you well." Well, the ten, the other nine, were made well. Yes. This is about more. Once again, it's about more. There's more to saying thanks than you could ever imagine. They were all helped. They were all helped yes. exactly. But this one was saved. And so the Greek text is, is clearer on that to say, uh, "Sure." All ten were helped. They were all healed from the leprosy, but one was saved. One received much, much more than the others.
0: The Elberfelder Bible, the German translation actually has it in renders the Zordsein correctly. Uh, yes, know, that's right. Eh? Dein
1: Glaube hat dich gerettet. Yeah. Your faith has saved you. Yes. And uh, yeah. Well yeah. then to the Elberfelder.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about this aspect a little bit uh-huh. more. Um, Your faith has made you well. Your faith has saved you. No doubt. The physical aspect of this healing is there. Uh, It's very
1: important. In fact, uh, Jesus does do this. It's real. So in other words, He did heal the ten. And and despite the nine not not saying thanks, they were still healed. And it's the same with the rain. And, and, And once again, bringing it back to that context, of, of, of saying thanks for the rain we've just received, because we we have a terrible drought here in South Africa at the moment, and um, and and so we had this prayer service for rain, and it rained. I mean, it was like one hundred and fifty millimeters, which is which is a lot of rain uh, by South African standards, and and God did provide mm-hmm. that. You know, we prayed for that, and so there's in no way should we ever belittle mm-hmm. these earthly gifts. You know, it, it it really is true that that God heals people in, in his time and he does give rain according to his good and gracious will. He does hear our prayers. Um, but there is more to it.
0: Exactly. So without playing down the, the physical part of this, exactly. of, this, uh, of this story, there's also a spiritual aspect to this. Um, just another story in Luke chapter 7. These almost the exact same words. Your faith has saved you, Jesus said. Yeah, says. that's the,
1: the sinful woman. The sinful that's woman. That's right. Yeah. And uh,
0: yeah. It, there was there was no healing, uh, physical healing. There, there was a uh, spiritual healing. Exactly. Her sins were forgiven.
1: But he uses the same words as here. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so so it indicates that it's it's about so much more. And yeah. in that case, there was no no physical healing. It's about the spiritual healing in that context, as it is here as well. Definitely. Uh, so just getting back to the aspect of of the journeying this uh, poroio, uh, get up, rise, journey. Um, Jesus is, is inviting, as we said, on a journey to Jerusalem, mm. to pain and suffering, but the journey carries on from there, right?
0: Definitely, the, the words poroio uh, fill the chapters 9 to, to 19, yes. and this is what commentators would usually refer to as the Lukean travel narrative. But the travel narrative goes on. If we read in the last chapter of Luke, Jesus walks to Emmaus, Emmaus, that's with right. two disciples.
1: My favorite scripture passage. It is. It is.
0: If, if, if only we could hear more. Yes. Uh, what Jesus actually opened. Uh, when, what, how he opened the scriptures. Exactly.
1: And how he explained himself to be in, yes. the, in the scriptures of the Old Testament. It's but, fantastic, isn't it? But only one of
0: the two disciples of Emmaus uh, were, were, were given, are given a name. The other one is nameless. So we can almost put like ourselves. We can, that can that identify with that, that person. Is. And as Jesus walked with them. Uh, we can also walk with Jesus. Yeah. We have His Word, yeah. Yeah. and we continue uh, the walking on the way. And
1: exactly. And once again, uh, I, I keep repeating this, but I think it's important. There's more to saying thanks than you may suspect, because we we are called to walk with Jesus. You know, it, it's not just a one-off thing. It's, yeah. it's something that, that changes our lives, yeah. uh, as it changed the life of of, of the Samaritan in a very tangible way. Uh, so it changes the life of the Christians and going all the way through Luke and then on into Book of Acts.
0: Exactly. That's sort of the second volume of, exactly. of Luke. And the church there has the nickname almost of The, the way. way.
1: It's referred to as yeah. The Way. That's right.
0: Yeah. We see how many other people become Christians and start journeying also on, on this way of Christianity.
1: Yeah. So let's
0: summarize. What is, what is this story about the Ten Lepers, about the healing of the Ten Lepers, the story of the
1: thankful Samaritan all about? Well, as we had said in the beginning, there's so many aspects we could talk about here. I mean, it's it's just incredible. But but for me, I think the first one that we really touched on is is Jesus has healing to offer. I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. You know, he has healing to offer. He hears our prayers, as we have noted now. You know, he he has sent us rain. We prayed for him. In this case, the 10 shouted out to him, said, Master, have mercy on us. And he did have mercy on them. And so he has healing. But it's not just physical healing; it's also spiritual healing, and that's it's connected to the next point. Who is Jesus?
0: Who is he that he can do all these things?
1: Well, as Luke has alluded to, <laughs> Jesus is God. You know, and all the other times uh, during during in the Gospel of Luke, um, uh, it's, it's giving thanks to God, praising God. In this case, it's Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord of all. He can do all of this stuff. you know. And, and, and so it, it's so amazing to actually to, to just to, to, to read that and to realize you know, this is what he's actually doing. He's doing it in my life right now in so many ways. Um, and, and he's doing that because he is true God. Uh, he's true God. He's sovereign. He can do all of these things. Um, and, and the Samaritan realizes that that's the case. He, he does. And it changes his life. And that's a call to repentance for me personally to realize, you know, this is happening all around me all the time. I'm called to repentance, to open, or to, should I rather say, to have my eyes opened, yeah. to see that.
0: Exactly. So the one aspect of this uh, narrative, the Luke narrative, it draws us in exactly. to walk with Jesus. Exactly. It
1: draws us in to want to read further. Exactly. It, it, it urges us to, to continue reading the Gospel of Luke. To, to join in this journey of Jesus to see where this is leading. Obviously, we know this is leading to, as I had said earlier, to the cross, to pain and suffering. But it is also leading to glory, to resurrection. Yeah. Paul says we are connected not only to Christ's death; we are also connected to His resurrection. And so, this whole this whole account draws me into that yeah. that that movement towards towards resurrection, towards glory. Really, is amazing.
0: Now, you might say, well, Jesus has not. He hasn't been in Jerusalem yet. How can he forgive sins? How can he already uh, save this person? Um, I think when we read the word of God, God is eternal. And he stands above everything. Even in the book, in the, in the last chapter of, of Luke, Jesus forces us to even go back into the Old Testament, to read it again.
1: Yeah. And just it's almost cyclic. It's, it's cyclic. To and, and to bring, bring us back to the Old Testament.
0: Yes, no. Jesus is still on his way to the cross but that is already a reality for the for the samaritan exactly the, and we are also now in the time of the church we are still not saved in the sense that we are not in heaven yet but the the salvation is already present it is it is faith already saves you
1: now. That is the tension that we have to deal with this side of the grave, is that that on the one hand we are saved, yet on the other hand we are still in the strife and in the pain and suffering of this world. We still struggle with sin. Luther yeah. says we are sinners and saints at the same time.
0: Exactly. And so we look at ourselves and we think, man, do I continually give thanks? Do I continually live my life as a Christian? Exactly. And this is almost like a mirror for us, and we are driven back to Christ. We are exactly. driven back to the Word
1: to read again and to, 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 have, this, um, to have our eyes opened again. That's right. Um, uh, Jeffrey Gibbs, professor in, in, in St. Louis, um, he did an analysis of this text, uh, a podcast as well. And he says, at the end of the day, this text is not a you should be more thankful text. It's actually a you should know who to thank text. And I think that sort of summarizes it quite nicely. At the end of the day, it's Christological. It's about Christ in the text. It's about seeing that he is the one who deserves our thanks because he is the one who saves us in so many ways, physically, spiritually, you name it. And, and so I think that sort of summarizes this text and, 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 and brings it to, to a head really is to say, who should receive thanks? Well, Jesus Christ, true God, True man, that's the one who, who receives our thanks and that's the, the one we receive everything from. And so if you look at your own life in the context, once again, of receiving rains, material blessings, if you look at your life in the context of receiving forgiveness of sins, you can see all of that as like in a mirror in this account in Luke 17. It's quite quite wonderful.
0: Well, Pastor Roland Johannes, we could go on. And on, uh, but we also have other things to do. At least uh, you do. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so I thank you for coming uh, and doing this podcast with me. Uh, I think it was a fruitful time, and I uh, wish you God's blessings on your journey. <laughs>
1: thank you very much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that, and once again, uh, God's blessings, especially also for the for the work. Uh, with uh, these podcasts. I think it's an amazing development and um, I wish you all the best with that. Thanks, Andreas. Well, thanks. And uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.